And here we are at episode 10 of season two. In this episode, I'm going to be talking with Sean Doyle, the CEO of New Light Learning and Development. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply Show, hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply Show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Sean is just one of those guys that you just want to hang out with and hear stories and learn and feel inspired. And he makes every challenge that you are dealing with seem like it's butter and you've got a hot knife, that anything's doable and that there's always a way to improve not only your capability of performing in work and in personal life, but also that wherever you're at, it's okay. And it's really great that you're, you and I and all of us are on this journey of learning. And it's one of the reasons why he's such a great uh, trainer, speaker, consultant. I mean, there's so many things that, that he has accomplished in his career. And like a lot of us, he came through corporate and has had his own business now for a number of years. And he focuses primarily on helping executives improve their game and just be better leaders, as well as working with workforces and training them capabilities as simple as presentation skills or how to run effective meetings. I mean, just general communication stuff that a lot of people are really lacking in the professional environment. I don't care what your role is in an organization or as a business owner. And so I wanted to have Sean on this particular episode or this season rather, because dealing with fears and unknowns in business can stop you from performing. We don't want that to happen because if we're business owners, if we're solopreneurs out there trying to earn a living and grow our business, having things that paralyze us and stop us from achieving the milestones that we need to in order to move our business forward, we just can't let that happen. Otherwise, we may as well just go get a J-O-B, right? I really wanted to hear what Sean had to share around not only some of the tips that he can offer around dealing with the fears and unknowns in business, but also you know, what his personal experiences were working with some of his clients. So I just wanted to point out that Sean is a wealth of information. And I recommend that you follow his podcast, subscribe to it. It's the Winning Edge at Work podcast. And his whole first season was all about strengthening your presentation skills, which I think anybody, especially a solopreneur, could benefit from. It doesn't necessarily mean you're standing on a stage talking to a thousand people. I mean, it's like one-on-one sales conversations. He has a ton of stuff and I really recommend that you subscribe to his stuff. I will have links to it on the show notes page, but you can find him at seandoyletraining.com as well as winningedgeatwork.com. So anyway, here we go with our interview with Sean. Hey, Sean, thank you so much for being on the Simplify and Multiply show with me. I'm so happy you're here. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for having me here, Terry. 
You got it. Now, just so everybody understands a little bit more about you beyond my intro, I'd love for you to just kind of give us some context about the work you're doing now, maybe your journey to being a solopreneur and what that experience is. Because as you know, in this season, we're going to be talking about the fears and unknowns in business. And I want to then get into that. So let's just kick us off by just kind of telling us a little bit more about you and your work. Absolutely. I'm Sean Doyle. I'm a professional speaker, trainer, author, consultant. I do executive coaching as well. And I've had my own company now for 15 years in July. So it's been a 15-year journey. And I left the, the big cushy job in corporate America to start my own firm and never looked back since. And it's probably the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. And uh, so that's been a huge decision that was so fundamental in my life and fulfillment. And, you know, I love having my own business. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I, I think that maybe another great decision you made was marrying Miss Rachel. Well, that was the other fascinating thing is, you know, I, I married an amazing woman about five years ago uh, named Rachel. And then two years ago, she left her other regular job because the business was so great and she became our chief operating officer. So not only married a great woman, but I get to work with her every day when I'm home. That's so awesome. So it's a double win. <laughs> now, how do you guys manage that dynamic? Well, she's, we jokingly say that she's the left brain, I'm the right brain. So, you know, logistics, operations, details, uh, financing, accounting, all that stuff really gets her super excited. And I'm like, oh, yo, <laughs> uh, I'm the creative one, writing books, you know, speaking, training, consulting. So it really is a beautiful balance because I think in any business, if you have two folks, if you can have, you know, a yin and a yang, a right and a left, a Laurel, a Hardy, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think you're going to be much better off. So we, our, our strengths complement one another and our areas for improvement complement one another. So it's a great partnership. Yeah, I, I can totally relate because, Sean, you and I are very much alike when it comes to the creative side and the whole numbers thing and all that logic stuff I am lost on. So I always have to reach out <laughs> to expertise. And I'm lucky because I have a Laurel and Hardy deal with my boyfriend, Doug, because he is that other side of the brain. He is the logic, the numbers guy. I mean, <laughs> he is just, but he, you know, he's still locked in that corporate world and he's so successful wow. in his current position. And when he rattles off numbers and I kind of hear him on the phone working, I'm like, it's just mind boggling. <laughs> <laughs> the the level of intricacy that he has to deal with in his work. And uh, every now and again, I kind of come up to him a little sheepishly and I say, honey, can you help me figure this thing out here? I'm trying to plan this strategy and finances or whatever. It had to do something with the business or finances. Numbers, and then he's course, like, yeah. oh, we'll just do this, this, this. And I'm like, you know, I hit myself on the head and go, oh, I could have had a V8 because it's so clear to him. But for me, I'm just so obtuse. So <laughs> I definitely appreciate people with that strength in their uh, in their wheelhouse for sure. So what are what are some of the things that you're working on in your business these days? Uh, working on lots of exciting things. I'm currently working on book number 23, wow. which is called uh, Jumpstart Your Happiness. Uh, I love it. due here in a couple of weeks, but it's something I've been very passionate about. And I realized that one of the topics I've really always spoken about, you know, no matter whether it's a leadership program, whether it's a productivity program, whether it's executive coaching, I mean, really everything that I've done uh, my whole life, you know, and done training for 30 years now has really been about how do I help that person that I'm working with, whether it's executive coaching one-on-one -on -one or an entire class or keynote, is how do I help people be happier? 
that mm. I'm getting to write a book about jumpstart your happiness. So uh, really enjoying this project and going to have the manuscript wrapped up here in the next couple of weeks. That's, so very that's excited incredible. about that. 23 books. Oh my goodness. I mean, I, I think back about the, the seven I wrote and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I'm just tired. Just thinking about that. I can't imagine what it's like doing 23 books. That's great. That's quite an accomplishment. Good for you. Well, well definitely. You. Will. when that comes out, you'll have to let me know so I can share that with, uh, with the listener and uh, yes, absolutely. You know, everybody out there who's, who's following uh, the papster here. Yeah, <laughs> and who the stuff we're doing. Who doesn't want to be happy, right? I mean, it's yeah, no kidding. the universal uh, journey that people are on. Yeah, and we everybody tries to solve that equation different ways. So that's a great segue for, you know, getting into our topic, which is fears and unknowns in business. And when people are are dealing with fears and unknowns in business, especially as you're as a solopreneur, when oh, everything yeah. is depending on you and your performance and your ability to deliver results to the clients and customers that you serve, to achieve that level of happiness, which is where the fears and unknowns, or at least the triggers that cause the anxiety or the worry that solopreneurs or anybody for that matter has in their life, that actually takes that happiness right away. It just sucks all the oxygen right out of that possibility. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are some of the things maybe you could share either through the book or just through your experience uh, that would be great guidance for the listener in regards to uh, some of the ways that you've actually dealt with fears and unknowns in your business, uh, whether it's things you dealt with in the last week or things that you've you dealt with when you were first starting out. Well, that's first of all, Trey, that's a, a fantastic question. And I think it's illustrated by a story I think that would be really helpful. You know, every now and then somebody calls me up and they say, hey, you know, you're you're an author and you've written and published several books, you know, would you get together with me or by phone or at lunch? And so this person actually was local. She said, you know, could we have lunch? And I said, sure. So we had lunch and she said, I have this book that I want to get published. And I'm like, okay, how does it work? So I laid out the entire process from beginning to end. Here's how it works. Book proposal, literary agent, blah, 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 blah. So I get to the end. I said, what do you think? And she goes, I don't want to do it that way. I said, well, wow, well, just like that. Yeah. Just, uh, okay. So you ask for an expert, <laughs> you ask for advice and you don't want to do it that way. Well, why not? She said, well, if I get a book contract, I'll have to write the book. And I was like, well, I th thought that was kind of the point to get a book contract. <laughs> so I'm a little confused. Yeah. Help me out here. So I signed a book contract. How, how long will they give me to write the book? I'm like, well, I don't, it's negotiable, you know, nine months, a year. I have to write a book in a year. Well, that's how book contracts work. Wow. You sign a contract, then you write the book. Now I want to write the book first. I'm like, well, that is, that's not how it works. You know, in, in, in the real world, you write the book to the publisher's specs. And so that's how it's done. You don't, it's not the other way around. I want to write it first. I'm like, but that's not how it works. So she said, I'm afraid. Mm. I said, what are you afraid of? She goes, I'm afraid. In that nine months to a year, I won't be able to come up with the book. Like, but you're afraid of the thing that you want and the thing that you want, you're afraid of. And so I saw her at a networking event a couple months ago and she still hasn't written the book. The wow. fear is absolutely paralyzing her. So I think one thing that people do in terms of fear is they kind of take this worst case scenario. Like, well, if I get a book contract, that's great, but, but then I have to write a book. And what if I, what if I can't write it in nine months to a year, then, then, then I, I won't have a book anymore. And 
like there's this huge thing in their head they 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 write out a story that hasn't even happened yet expecting a negative result so i think one of the things we have to do is we have to say well i just have to dive in and take those risks and instead of picturing a negative result picture an amazing result picture a fantastic result and who doesn't want to have a book contract but you know that fear is an example of holding somebody back mm -hmm. yeah that's an interesting example especially in that amount of time she still has not been able to actually pull that book together never and, moved forward yeah, yeah and and i notice that throughout my throughout my whole life honestly not just since i've been in business for myself but i do that too i create a story in my head of either a worst case scenario or just a, a bad what if you know like right you know i'm not going to be able to do it and i find myself talking myself out of things sometimes like, oh, that's not going to work because of this, or, oh, they'll say no. I mean, it often comes up in sales situations, you know, like if I go, I find somebody that like, <laughs> like their branding or their website or whatever it is, is just a train wreck. And I'm like, oh, man, I could really help this person. And then I start them. seeing some other things. And then I start talking myself out of it, you know, and I've gotten a lot better at that because I've really worked on my whole, you know, selling and marketing mindset. Good. And but I I can totally relate because I've done that myself. And I see sometimes my clients actually experiencing that too, where I'll present a wonderful strategy uh, that really takes them where they want to go. And they look at it and it's like they don't rec recognize or see themselves in that type of a a scenario exactly. and they get freaked out and then they kind of back out and they're like, Oh no, that's not what I want. Or, you know, that whatever the, you know, excuse du jour is. And <laughs> it's unfortunate because yeah. they, they end up not being able to realize their, their dream. Their highest, I call it the highest level of potential. You know, that the fear is holding back the highest level of potential. So, I mean, I love Jensen Sarah. I don't know if you're familiar with her work, but she wrote a book called you are a badass. It's a fantastic book, and it's really all about mindset. And I loved one of the quotes that she had in the book. She said, nobody who ever accomplished anything big or new or worth uh, raising a celebratory fist about in the air did not do it from a comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, I have read Jen's quote. book. It, it's fabulous. It's I recommend it to anybody. It's it's very inspirational, especially for the chicks out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely something that uh, you know is up there with, um, you know, with those uh, inspiring entrepreneurial type of of writers that are there. So, um, so I wanted to also ask you about when you were first starting out. Uh, what were some of the things that you were worried about uh, in your business? Well, I think the, the first thing that anybody in starting a business worries about is, you know, when you're in have that job, there's that check that arrives every two weeks. The security. It's yeah. like, oh, I have it guaranteed. Although I would argue that that check is not guaranteed. Correct. That's a complete myth because I've known far too many people who got axed, got fired, got laid off, got downsized, got right sized. So even that, quote, job security is a myth. But I think anybody who starts a business, the first concern when you first start is cash flow. It's like, hmm, hmm, I wonder when that next check will come in. But I built momentum very quickly and I just realized that it was really all about taking action yes. instead of worrying about it. So I, I found that one of the biggest cures for a lot of folks is instead of worrying and anxiety, it's write, write a list of, okay, how many calls do I need to make? How many emails do I need to send? How many meetings do I need to have? 
And if I do all those actions, that's going to relieve the worry and the anxiety. And moving forward, you know, gives you that momentum. So I think action is a big cure for worry and anxiety. It is. And for people that's, uh, that their anxiety and their worry becomes paralyzing, as you were mentioning earlier about that mm-hmm. wannabe author, uh, it can stop action. Absolutely. And I think that there's a way to chunk or bite size or baby step action. So you start to take the edge off of that anxiety and you can see a little bit of progress. And also it's it's a way to get your mind off of it. I think sometimes that we have a tendency to uh, remunerate around, oh my God, you know, wringing our hands about stuff, this is gonna happen, all that mental gyrations around a worry or a concern when in fact it will probably never happen more than likely it will never happen <laughs> 99 99% of the time it never does it's just you people are laying in bed at night sweating and i'm like what are you sweating about it's something that's never going to happen yeah exactly and i think that even baby steps are beneficial and that's kind of how i got myself more acclimated to uh prospecting and making sales calls because that's something that I resisted like heels dug way deep in the earth like you know trying to bring a horse to water where they're like there's no way buddy (laughs) but now I embrace it and I look at every phone call as a way to make a new friend whether I end up you know securing them as a client or or not but my goal is always to help someone when I get on the phone with them and make their day as best I can. I think that's a great approach. And the other thing I think is really helpful is education. Mm-hmm. I think that often when people have a fear, they fear due to ignorance or lack of information. So, you know, when I first started my business, I went to the National Speakers Association Conference. And the first year that I went, I contacted all the speakers that I knew and I said, would you have coffee with me? Would you have lunch with me? Would you have a bagel with me? Would you give me 10 minutes of your time? I just want to learn the business. And every single one of them said yes. Yeah, that's the NSA culture. They, it's just a great group of people. Amazing, amazing. So just getting advice and counsel from people that are already doing it. So my advice for the people that are listening to this show is find people that are already doing it and talk to them and ask them how they're doing it exactly. or, or read about people that are doing it, you know, in articles, business articles, business books, videos, et cetera. But find out who's already doing it and just say, well, if they did it, uh, they're not a brainiac. I can do it. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> so using it, examples it? from other people really reduces that fear. Yeah, and I I like that a lot. That's great coaching. And the other aspect is uh, just to get a fresh perspective. If you're looking for someone to just give you a little bit of business advice, who also owns a business, or even is in the corporate environment, find somebody that is not in your particular industry that's doing something completely different that can look at your uh, business and what you're trying to do with very objective uh, eyes and be able to just give you some feedback that could actually make you look at it in a very fresh way. Absolutely. Also, when I first started, joined a mastermind group. And so it was about six of us and all of us were in different industries. You know, one was a professional speaker, me, uh, one worked in corporate America, one did this, one did this, one did that. But we got together once a month, we had dinner and we just talked about where are you? Where are you going? What are your goals? What are your objectives? And each month, a different person was the topic of the meeting. And so the beginning of the meeting, we talked about an update, where we are and where we're going, what we've accomplished. Second half was, okay, Terry, you're on the hot seat this week. 
uh, what are you challenged by? And to have six other people say, well, you could do this, you could do this, you could do this, or you, I mean, you left there like on fire. You're like, oh, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about this. Oh, it's a great idea. So having that support. So whether it's a mentor, whether it's a mastermind group, which is actually mentioned by Napoleon Hill in the book, Think and Grow Rich back in the, the late 30s, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's friends and family that are supportive, what I call energy building champions, mm, those I people like that, that go, you can do this, you can do this, you got this. My best friend's like that. He's like, Sean, you're a genius. You can do this, right? So having that support from either a support group, mentoring, mastermind group, or friends and family, the right ones, not the wrong ones, mm -hmm. uh, is very helpful. And, you know, you bring up something that, that triggered a thought. It's... It's also important. So many of us are like when we're dealing with fears and unknowns and just the things that cause anxiety as, as a business owner, um, we always just kind of want to find the answers and just plow through it. Like, this is how I need to go about dealing with this. I got to be in action or I got to right. get a mentor or I right. got to join a mastermind. When in fact, and this might apply more to the chicks than the guys, but I don't want to be gender, you know, categories with this, but I think that having someone that you can rely on to just kind of vent or Absolutely. just share your concerns just to give oxygen to them. So that way you're acknowledged for it's okay to have those. It's very normal. And you have every right to have those concerns because you care so much about your business and Absolutely. you care so much about serving your clients and, and sustaining your business. So having, you know, if, if, if you've got a good girlfriend, if you're a girl and you can, you know, obviously trust that girlfriend to just vent it to, if you've got, if you're a guy and you're out there and you're playing golf or shooting hoops or just going out for a couple of beers and you can actually share some stuff with this guy about the business, just let him know you're concerned. And then just, that person doesn't have to solve the problem or give a solution. They just need to listen. They just, just need to comfort. Exactly. Exactly. And I also often say that we have to be really careful about who we talk to, because I think there are the supportive, loving, kind, listening people who are empathetic and will help us and support us. And then there's the other people who say, well, you know, uh, most businesses fail in the first five years. Thank you. Thanks for telling me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for pointing uh, out the and feel really the good obvious. about that Captain one. Captain yeah. obvious. Oh <laughs> Thank my you. Gosh. Well, why would you want to do a crazy thing like that? Thank you. You know, all these different uh, things that people tell you. Mm -hmm. You know, well, that seems mighty risky. Uh, thank you. So they're reinforcing all the negative thoughts that you may already have or all the fears that you may already have. So I call those people ESVs, they're energy sucking vampires. That's a pretty aggressive term, Sean. Yes, it is. But they will <laughs> suck you down. They will drag you down with, they'll, they'll pull you right down into the abyss, down to the docks. Yeah. And I also think, you know, just to get a little law of attraction in here, I think that you attract people like that because Absolutely. of where your head's at. That's so exactly if you're right. feeling scared and pissed off and frustrated or whatever, you're going to attract somebody who's going to align with your thinking and they're going to basically be a mirror. That's with exactly what, right what's going on. So when that does happen, say, thank you for that awareness check. And I need to go and fix my thinking because I'm starting to attract uh, these whack jobs, these <laughs> ESVs, as you so put it. <laughs> well, the law of attraction works in both directions. I mean, we either attract mm -hmm. positive or we attract negative. So yeah. if we're putting out negative, that transmission tower, we're going to, we're going to magnetize those energy sucking vampires to yeah. us. So I would say, you know, don't spend any time with those people because they will, whoo, Friends and family, there's some that are, 
PSVs and you don't want to spend, you want to spend time with people that will support you and pull you up. Yes. And not drag you down. That's very dangerous. That kind of trap to fall into. That's why I like hanging out with you, Sean. You bring <laughs> Same me here, up. Terry. Same here. <laughs> a little love fest there. Well, it's interesting because I think here's a little actionable for the listener. You know, take a moment uh, either during this podcast as you're listening or afterwards and just get out a piece of paper and write down a list of at least five people that you feel that you can uh, just really share what's on your mind in a safe place where you know that they're not going to judge or try to uh, direct a decision or solve the problem, where they really can give you that nurturing and that support and that kindness and that love I and, love that. you know, a soft place for you to, to fall, so to speak. So you can kind of get that licking of your wound or your sadness. And then I think after that, it's really a great idea to uh, think about instances where you've been able to do that and then suck it in and then you pull your pants up and then you get get to work because sometimes we just need to cry a little bit <laughs> yeah, exactly. about what's going on and beat a pillow. And then we say, this is stupid. I know I can fix this. And I think it's a much more powerful motivator. So that's something for you, listener, uh, is to just make that little list of the people in your life that you feel comfortable going to for that soft pillow and then so you can bounce back and then get busy and make stuff happen. I love that idea. I, I'll, I'll throw a second one in there. Please. Is, uh, take a piece of paper, write a line down the middle. On the left-hand side, write the negative thought. So uh, what if my business fails? Mm. That's what you write on the left-hand side, the negative thought. On the right-hand right right side, you write, well, I had a job before. So, you know, if it doesn't, if it fails, I'll just get a job. Not, not a big deal. Or what if this happens? What if that happens? So everything you write on the left that's a negative, you recast it on the right as a positive. Mm. Well, business isn't great. Yeah, but I'm building an empire. Oh, I don't yeah. have enough customers. Yeah, but I'm going to have more. You see, you literally recast every single negative comment into a positive, and it really makes a big difference. It's kind of like self-coaching in a way on paper. That works really, really well. Well, our best coaches are ourselves, you know, Absolutely. because our, our inner self, our higher self always knows where we're headed and is trying to show us signs and guide us there. But we're so busy having conversations in our head about how much we suck that we don't <laughs> we don't hear it. <laughs> yeah, you got to pay attention to the signals, right? Yeah, 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 totally. I like that exercise. That's good. You know, it's uh, it's actually reminds me of I think I might have mentioned this on another show where after my husband passed away and I got laid off. So I got mm. I lost my husband. I got laid off my job and I was, you know, wondering how I was going to pay my mortgage, that kind of thing. And I totally freaked. And I remember oh, I can doing imagine it. that. Of course. I mean, yes. Holy cow. Talk <laughs> about a double punch in the gut. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had to get a hold of myself, you know, I mean, I had my very, very, thank goodness, I had wonderful friends that I did have that soft place to, to fall. But there was a point where I just had to figure it out. And I remember writing in my journal uh, about like, well, what if, you know, okay, so all the like worst case things happened. And I remember doing this even before uh, Chuck passed away, because I was, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do after he passes away. I'm going to be by myself. I'm going to have this and that. So of course, you know, that is like anxiety there. But um, doing that exercise, similar to what you were saying about recasting, 
just writing out, okay, so if all this stuff happens, I'm still going to be alive. I'm still going to be healthy. I'm still going to be on the planet. I still have friends. I still have talents, experience, all of these wonderful gifts that I have yet to give. I've just got to figure out a way to, you know, kind of recover from this and make it happen. And I did. And it was a, it was a very tough journey, but having that exercise and knowing I was in control of how I thought about things. And then when I started kind of like playing out the scenario and then I came back and said, well, that's not that bad. I mean, I'm not dead. So, you know, I'm still able to function. I'm ambulatory. I, you know, I've got a brain, you know, it's like, no matter what you're facing, we always have this, and that's the survival part of the brain that's Absolutely. triggering all that stuff, plus our past conditioning and any degree of, you know, on the range of the self-esteem scale that we have as human beings, we're kind of fighting this stuff all the time, right? So that's why you kind of have to go through that process of playing it out and creating a story that you want to get excited about. So I like how you uh, express that as the recasting. So that's, that's another tip for you guys. Uh, that you can uh, think about doing when you get kind of hung up on the fears and anxieties. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Season two of the Simplify and Multiply show is all about dealing with fears and unknowns in business. And no one knows the reality of staring fear in the face better than a solopreneur. That's why I created a community where solos could gather in a judgment-free safe space that is overflowing with people who are facing similar challenges unique to a solopreneur. We all need to support one another and I can't think of a more positive environment than that of solo professionals growing their businesses. This is why I created the simplify and multiply peer club if you are a solo no matter where you are in your business starting out or leveling up i invite you to join us in the peer club for the support the community and the inspiration solo professionals need to thrive visit simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up to be part of this very special group now sean one of the things that you also do is you train uh, a lot of people on how to be better presenters, you know, doing presentations, yes. whether they're in a corporate capacity or, you know, if they're a professional speaker or wanting to be a professional speaker, a lot so of that. runs the gamut. And, you know, having good presentation skills is critical to any professional out there working. I don't care where you are in the organization because it's really about communication and communicating your message. And, you know, presentation is valuable, not just on the stage or at a meeting, but it's valuable in uh, sales conversations. It's valuable Absolutely. when you're talking to your boss or your spouse. You're presenting and, every day. Exactly. And so what I wanted to ask you, Sean, was as you're teaching and doing your training in presentation skills, obviously people take presentation literally. They think they're going to be up on a stage with no clothes on in front of 50,000 people <laughs> that are totally judging them and, you know, and throwing rotten tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you coach people who have a fear of public speaking in your training? It is so interesting, Terry, because you're exactly right, because a lot of the classes that I'm doing, you know, they're small groups or one-on-one. -on -one. And, you know, in New York, I'm doing presentation skills training. And this woman in the class said, I, I'm just going to die. If I get up there, I'm just going to die. I'm like, well, I haven't seen that happen yet. <laughs> I've never seen someone get up in front of the room and just die right Kill there. Right over. I've never... In my, my 30 years, I've never seen anybody die from speaking. 
So what I say is that people need to change their language. That's the first thing I teach. Mm. I hate public speaking. I'm terrible at public speaking. When I get up in front of the room, I'm a nervous wreck. Uh, and I'm like, do you hear what you're saying to yourself? You're telling yourself that you're bad at it. You're telling yourself that you hate it. And you're telling yourself to be nervous. So of course you're gonna be a nervous wreck because you're telling yourself, I need to be a nervous wreck. I'm terrible at it and I hate it. So I want you to change the language. I want you to say, I love public speaking. And they're like, but I don't. And I'm like, I want you to say, I love public speaking. And they're like, I love public speaking. I want you to say you're excited. <laughs> it's I'm like you've excited. got their arm twisted behind their back. Say it, say it. <laughs> but what's interesting, Terry, is at a certain point in the course, there's this, there's this Teutonic shift that happens where they go, oh my God, I just had fun up there. I'm like, uh-huh. Because what were you telling your brain? I'm going to have fun. I'm, I'm excited. I enjoy this. I love this. I'm good at this because the self-fulfilling prophecy is if you tell your brain, you should really be nervous right now. That's what's going to happen. So I think, you know, for all the solopreneurs out there, and I think every day as a solopreneur is a presentation, you know, meeting with your bank, meeting with a board, meeting with a client, meeting with a prospective client, mm -hmm. meeting with partners, vendors, suppliers, every day is a presentation. So you got to get really good at this. This is a core business competency is presenting and communicating effectively. Yeah, I love that. So let me take that and lay it on a real life solopreneur situation. Mm -hmm. So let's say we have uh, a solo who needs to make, I love talking about selling, right? Mm -hmm. So they need to make sales calls and they've got the whole diatribe running in their brain, you know, like I suck at this, I hate sales, you know, uh, they're going to say no, I don't want to bother anybody. Um, my thing is too expensive. I know they can't afford it. So they've got this whole kind of conversation, like you say, the languaging. Yes. So what would be a good languaging shift for someone in that situation? Well, I love that we even label it cold calling, mm. but this is, that sound warm and welcoming. <laughs> I'm going to go yeah. make cold <laughs> calls. I'm Everybody wants those, right? Yeah, he wants to be a cold caller, right? So I always say... <laughs> that you need to think about one, what you're going to do for them. Mm -hmm. So we're not calling somebody to try to push something on them. We're calling somebody because we have something amazing to show them, talk about, introduce yourself, et cetera. And even in that initial call, to instead of thinking about selling, be a consultant to say, how can I solve their problem? How can I eliminate their pain? How can I help them? How can I help them? How can I help them? How can so I help them? Would that be the languaging shift that Absolutely. you're talking about? So Absolutely. if someone's saying they're going to say no, do we say they're going to say yes? They could say yes, and they and could say yes to a lot. They could say yes to a lot. I'm, I'm building an empire. This is just one step in building an empire. And the other thing is, the guys who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, uh, Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield, they were rejected like 50 times for the chicken soup books. Mm -hmm. And every time they would come out of a meeting with the publisher, they'd walk outside, they'd high five and they'd go next. Mm -hmm. Because they weren't like, oh man, that's really so unfortunate that they said no. They're like, or they didn't next, like stop them yeah. next. So if you get a no, it's a no for now, or it's a next. And there's so much business out there for everyone. And just to say, well, there's a lot of business out there. And this person said, no, but the next person is going to say yes. Or this person will say yes later on. So, I mean, it's really changing the language in your head before you ever start. Because again, back to the law of attraction, if I'm calling somebody, if I'm calling on someone, if they have the right attitude, 
the law of attraction, the positivity, et cetera. Mm -hmm. There's something in the brain called a mirror neuron. I'm sure you're familiar with it. But these mirror neurons actually are imitated by the other person. Interesting. So people say, well, I really love talking to them. They had this great energy. Well, your mirror neurons are vibrating at a high level, and that makes their mirror neurons do the same thing. Hmm. If your mirror neurons are very negative and, oh, my God, they're not going to buy, their mirror neurons pick up the discomfort. And so they mirror the behavior of your neurons. So this explains the law of attraction beautifully, that like attracts like. So that positive thinking, I always say people, you know, in the car, before you go in, play some rock music, get jazzed up, say, I'm going to get this. I'm going to win this. They're going to love me. I'm going to love them. I even say in the presentation skills class, you know, there's no professional speaker in the world on the way to a keynote in front of 2,000 people who says, oh, my God, I hope I don't suck. <laughs> what do they say? I'm going to knock it out of the park. to be going to run. I'm going to love them. They're going to love me. I'm going to serve them. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to have so much fun. I love these people. It's all positive, Terry, because they know when they show up, they have to have that mindset. You know, when you show up in front of 2,000 strangers yeah. and you win them over, mm. but that's the mindset, right? right? It's not, there's no prediction of failure. Failure is not an option. It's not an option. So not I guess option. we could use like that recasting exercise that you talked about. So if I have uh, a solo who thinks, you know, I suck at selling, then the recast would be, I'm great at selling or, you know, just breaking it down, like making it. a list of the negative statements, the negative thinking, and then recasting it into something positive because it opens up possibility. That's why I really like that exercise that you shared, because I think that that can be a step closer toward taking that action that really solidifies everything. And then before you know it, you're reconditioning yourself because you're ac actually out there succeeding and doing right. the action that you were mentally stopping yourself from doing because of fears and unknowns. And the other thing that we can do is we can get training. I know it sounds funny coming from a guy who and Sean Doyle training to talk about training. <laughs> but I mean, even, odd. <laughs> I mean, even if you don't work with us, uh, if you just Google, I mean, literally, it's so amazing now. You know, when I was a kid, we used to have to go to this building called a library. I've heard of those. Yeah, this building that had books in them. But now we can literally set on any device, you know, whether it's an iPad or a laptop or Kindle or whatever, push a button and have millions, yeah, millions of videos, white papers, research, and the majority of it's F-R-E-E. So mm -hmm. if you have a skill that's deficient, you go, I'm not really good at selling, take a training class on selling. Right. Know? Go on any nine million different websites and take an online class, or you know, sign up, uh, you know, for training, and increase your confidence level by gaining skills and knowledge. Makes yeah, and if we want to shore, yeah, and if we want to shore up an area and and we're aware of it, that'll that opportunity will just present itself, which is great. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's really really a, a strong. You know, when you're when you're kind of putting out that energy is like, I need this. And and if you're focused on where it's going to take you as opposed to, oh, I'm deficient because I don't have this. Right. Then you're going to continue to attract things that are uh, obviously going to reinforce that thinking. Absolutely. So it's amazing how powerful the thinking component is in fears and unknowns. And as I'm doing like my my uh, episodes in this particular season, I'm finding that you know, having these kinds of exercises like you're talking about are going to be really helpful for folks. And I think a lot of the the thinking goes uh, like 
un- we're unaware that we're actually doing that until we stop and do an exercise where we're actually listing things out like, wow, this is really what I believe. And Absolutely. we treat beliefs as though they're in concrete and they're, that's just who I am. That's the way I am. I'm never going to change. When in fact, beliefs, beliefs, all they are just patterns of thought. It's just the same thing. You're thinking about something over and over and over. Yeah, so we think a belief it's up to you to do something different. That's the, we think a belief is the truth. And that's why I also think journaling can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when I bring up journaling, people roll their eyes like, oh, geez, you know, I got to get up and write down, you know, I had uh, two eggs and bacon for breakfast. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is <laughs> diary <laughs> writing down your thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Because experts say that when you write down your thoughts, it's something called displayed thinking. And it's fascinating because when you write down your thoughts and you display them, you're like, ah, so that's what I'm thinking about. I never heard that term before, displayed thinking. Yeah, it's used a lot in the creativity field Mm -hmm. because, you know, like if you're brainstorming and you're just brainstorming in your head, that's one thing. But if you're brainstorming and you write it on a whiteboard, people go, oh, oh, I got an idea. It's like, well, Well, you make it real. Thinking is displayed. So even want, you know, to yourself, if you can take out a journal and write down what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just amazing because I find that about 85% of the world's most successful people every morning get up and journal. Yeah. Every it's definitely a practice morning. I do every day. Well, like I said, the highly successful <laughs> people journal. Well, you do too, don't you? I do every morning. Yeah. yeah. It's fabulous. That it's morning a miracle. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really, you know, it's almost like you have a little mini counseling session with someone invisible, you know, when you do that. And uh, it's a great way to get stuff off your chest. Yeah. Tim Ferriss calls it calming his monkey mind. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) He's got all these crazy thoughts running around because I put them down on paper and the monkey is calm because I've got it out and it's no longer running around in my brain, but it's on a piece of paper. Yeah, and he has a lot of things going on in his mind. That's for sure, man. That yeah. guy is brilliant, let me tell you. <laughs> yes, he is. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, this has been a, a great interview. I'd love to keep chatting with you, but do you have any final thoughts for that, you know, maybe that person that's still in a job and they're thinking about starting their own business, but they're just totally like sidelined by the whole losing their paycheck you know what would you what would you coach around that if somebody was really ready to start their own business and uh but they just didn't want to take that that step for whatever reason their fears and unknowns well i think there's two things terry one is if we look at the research you know the amount of money that you can make working for a company is pretty limited i mean if they do a great job you know i mean a fantastic job and i'm I'm, I'm walking on water and I have like the best review ever. My boss is going to say, well, Sean, you did a great job. We're going to give you a 2% increase. And you're like, what? 2%? I mean, I work like 90 hours a week. Yep. 2%. So, but if you own your own business, there are no limits to how much you can make. So when we look at the truly wealthy people in the world, most of the wealthy people in the world are business owners. Yes. So that's number one. Number two is, the freedom, yes. being able to decide your own fate, being able to decide your own schedule, being able to make your own decisions is very liberating. So I think the economic benefit is massive on the upside and mm-hmm. the lifestyle, you know, if if Terry wants to go for a walk on the beach in the morning, 
Her boss is not going to say, Terry, you can't go for a walk on the beach because Terry is the boss and she can go for a walk on the beach if she wants to. That's right. So that's the kind of thing where you have the freedom. I mean, you still have the responsibility, but you have the freedom to make your own choices. That's extremely liberating and such a great way to live your life. Mm -hmm. It is. And that's great coaching. And that's, that's a great, again, recasting, you know, just making it just, what is the sunny side? Where's the silver lining? And a lot of people do have a tendency to focus on the the drawbacks as opposed to what's possible. And honestly, if if you have a job and you're wanting to start your own business, there's this wonderful thing called a side hustle, meaning start it on the side. Exactly. Do it. Today, that's yeah. easy. It is. And as with, you know, with the, the virtual world we live in, there are no barriers to starting a side hustle and launching your business part time. And, you know, like whether you're a coach or whether you're starting an actual physical business, do it so you can do it while you're still working. And that way you don't have that fear. And then once you've built up a clientele that can actually sustain you, uh, then that may be the time for you to do a transition. Now, on the other hand, if you've been riffed out of a company or you've lost your job for whatever reason, and you're kind of in a panicked state and you're on unemployment or whatever the situation is, it may be less uh, less ideal to do that, but that really depends on your situation as as a you know future entrepreneur. So there's a lot of different ways to do it, but just make sure you've got a plan and pay attention to where your thoughts are going, as Sean says. So Sean, this has been really really helpful. Um, you know, I, I so appreciate you being here on the show and, and giving us all these not only great stories but little tactics that can be really super powerful. So any final thoughts? No, I, I would just uh, hasten back to a book that was written in 1898 called Thoughts or Things mm. by Prentice Mulford. And he said, you know, I really believe, now this is in the late 1800s. Here's a guy saying, I really believe that your thoughts are things that what you think about is what you become. Now that was back in the late 1800s, but it's been written about ever since. So I think the biggest thing for folks listening today is really think about changing your mindset because it's so important to your long-term success. It really is. And thank you for that. In fact, my favorite uh, is Florence Scobble Shin books. Uh, she wrote a lot about like your word is your wand and and uh, in that same vein. And she was uh, around the Emmett Fox era, which is like the 20s and 30s. And uh, so we have so many resources. As you were saying, you can virtually go online and just have so much training and access to information that can really help you, you know, take that step and bolster your confidence so you're actually able to perform and deliver results for the clients you want and make your business a success. So, Sean, thank you so much for being here. I Thanks, really Sarah. appreciate it. Thank you for having me on the show. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. And we'll have you back again soon. Thanks. Thanks so much. Take care. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.